0: This is the Brisbane Football Review, with your host, James Coblin. It's never a good sign when I'm the one presenting a logical solution. Scott Owen. James, can made just make one quick point? And Adam Pace. Uh, I'm a male, no. Plus some special guests, starting now. Before I don't ask any questions, no, I did not accidentally upload the audio twice. We do have two episodes coming your way on the Brisbane Football Review this week. This is a Socceroos Focus special with Liam and Alex from the Queensland Socceroos fans. We did ask them to come on for a segment on the show, but, well, after we got talking about the Raw situation and then Liam got going about the Socceroos, we decided to give them their own episode. So here it is, and this is a conversation we had Wednesday morning before the Socceroos took on Vietnam. And it's time for part two of the Brisbane Football Review with James Scott and Adam. And we are very pleased to be making this a five man rotation as we move on to the national team segment of the show. And we're joined once again by Liam and Alex from the Queensland Socceroos fans. Alex, about 36 hours away from kickoff for the Socceroos against Vietnam. How are you feeling?
1: Uh, nervous, very nervous, although slightly less nervous than if Graham Arnold didn't have COVID and was on the
2: sideline. <laughs>
0: William, yeah. <laughs> what about you? <laughs>
2: uh, I'm nervous as well. Uh, I've I don't want this to be a bit of a bit of a a banana, lads, because uh, Vietnam aren't you know they're they're okay. <laughs> they've been playing very well. Like last couple last couple of, uh, uh, campaigns, they've been coming through the ranks a lot, like Thailand and 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 Syria have. And I have concerns, genuine concerns about this game. I I think
0: you're. Not aligned with that as well. We saw back on Match Day Two, uh, Scott, when the Socceroos played in Hanoi, it was hot, it was humid, and Vietnam yep. proved to be a very uh, stubborn opponent as well. And the Socceroos only got away with that one 0 win.
3: They did, and exactly. they've, been, they've been rising for a while, haven't they? Vietnam in Asian football, they've been one of the under the radar teams. You talk about teams like Thailand and all the rest of it, but Vietnam are one of those teams that are snuck under the radar. And certainly in that first game against the Socceroos, they were highly competitive, So I tend to agree. I think this is a very very nervy nervy week given the stakes at hand. We spoke about last time Alex was on. They've got no margin for error here. They have to win this game, or they're going to find themselves in a very very difficult spot. So it's a it is a nervous week without doubt.
0: And just you know looking forward now, Adam, the Socceroos, they're winless in their last three. That is the first time they've uh, gone on such a streak since the group stage of the 2018. World Cup and we have seen a bit of a response from Graham Arlen when it comes to squad selection.
4: Yeah, they I think they have to. I think uh this was once upon a time, you know, when after they were on that long streak through the second round and halfway through the um this, this stage where you know this game might have been you know a chance to sort of you know maybe blunt some players or not, but a couple of you know, sort of poor results, you know, be it a draw or I think the China one. I think it's a China draw is the one that probably stands out as that poor result. This now makes this you know almost must win, especially especially at home. Where you know to be fair, soccerers have a great record at at home and we don't know so that's the one thing that you can always sort of you know, bank with the Socceroos is that fortress australia you know for a home game it usually is maximum points but even that draw against Saudi Arabia that sort of um
0: has maybe caused you know, a few anxiety well i kind of see it Liam and I'll go to you on this the draw in yep. Saudi Arabia that wasn't necessarily the end of the world I think that was you know expected against a really tough opponent but then Playing China in Sharjah, that's basically, you know, really put them behind the eight ball and dropped them to third place in the group. So, what what's got to be going through these players' minds?
2: Oh, look, I, that 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 Saudi Arabia game was a it was it, it was a tough game. Um, and
0: hang on, I think we might have just temporarily lost. Yeah, it. sorry guys. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah. yeah,
2: so um, yeah, that was a. There was a tough match, but but we expected that tough match, and we got. Um, I mean, you know, it was in it up being a a, a draw. So, uh, China, I generally thought that we were going to win that one, and uh, I thought they were probably thought that they went in with in with a bit of a chance for that. Um, now, with this with this Vietnam game, the the way of thinking with the, with the players would be that you know this this is a must a must win game. So I think even though we are saying Vietnam might be a bit of a be a bit of be a bit of a uh, but for us. I think reality might now be starting to set in with them to say look if you know we are not going to qualify uh, because of the last two results we're not going to qualify if if we don't win this game tonight so they have to bring in that that thinking like they're at home um, I think it might be a sell out credit I'm not sure whether they've done the 50% credit like they did with the Australian open I'm not sure but um, yeah look I've I would like to think that the mentality within that group now is that if we do not win this game are not going to qualify for the World Cup, and hopefully with that brings in a much, much better confident um, uh, game with them.
3: They need that mentality for the next four games, though, let's be honest because if they just I take know, that mentality yeah. against Vietnam and then it d- they drop off in the, yeah. g- in the following game, then they're going to be back in the exact same spot, so oh, absolutely, the and look, they're going to have to have for the next four games otherwise they are going to find themselves in that very tough one-off yeah. playoff scenario, which, we've, which we obviously want to avoid at all costs.
0: Yeah, yeah. That- oh. That would be ideal, and I just had a quick uh, look up. Vietnam's away record in the recent uh, set of World Cup qualifiers going back to June 2021, they lost in Oman 3-1. They lost away to China 3-2, but I think that might have been in the Middle East as well. Uh, Mm. Lost to Saudi Arabia 3-1. Lost to the United Arab Emirates 3-2, and their last away win in a World Cup qualifier was against Malaysia on the 12th of June, a 2-1 win. They have been in action though since uh, the last international break. They played in the AFF Suzuki Cup, but their only away win there was against Laos, two 0 So, I think what we, I do worry that there is going to be a little bit of an overestimation, or underestimation of this uh, Vietnamese side because we know they can really play well. And based on the weather forecast for Melbourne as well, Alex, it's going to be thirty something degrees to kick off with uh, possible thunderstorms and surely that's going to play into Vietnam's hands if they're going to try and slow the game down and, you know, crowd the area behind the ball.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think the other thing you ought to take into account too is what you're probably looking at half to two-thirds of our squad are coming from the Northern Hemisphere where it's winter. So, um, yeah, look, they're they're coming, you know, they've come into Australia this week and they've got a couple of days to acclimatise, but it's really not ideal conditions to play the football that, you know, Graham Arnold has been wanting them to play in terms of the possession and trying to um, break down the, um, you know, break down those sort of compact and tight defences that um, we faced in the likes of uh, Vietnam and and Co. So it's it it, it reminds it reminds me a lot uh, this game of the game uh, we played against Thailand in the last um, World Cup qualification. Uh, uh sort of system. Uh, September, or,
0: mm. September twenty seventeen. It was, yeah. I think, a nil nil draw. After the soccer, is had about twenty shots on target. Yeah, yeah. most of which yeah. were through Tim Cahill. So I remember
1: that too, way that too ball. vividly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I also remember it was about two degrees in Melbourne that night. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in Brisbane wondering why it couldn't have been played in the twenty one degree weather we were experiencing. But more on that later. Um, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Take it, Run us through the squad. We've seen quite a few changes as well. We've seen the likes of Marco Tilio, Joel King, even Kai Rolls brought in. Is this a response from Graham Arnold that basically he's going to be saying, yeah, we really want to kick this up a notch, and the guys who I've been calling on haven't been doing the job? Adam? Um, oh,
4: sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I think I think it is um, partially that. I think it's also a reward for uh, guys that actually, you know performed at the recent Olympics for the Oli Ruse. Um, obviously Marco Tilio he he announced himself with that uh, that wonder goal against um Argentina I think also and their and their form in the A-League since then has I guess warranted as well same with Joel King and rolls So maybe it's a case of you know, a fact of unavailability. Uh, obviously they've got a Harry Suter sized um hole in the in the squad they need to fill and look like, I don't know if Joel King especially being a uh, full-back. But, uh, but I think it's a case of you know, a few guys that probably haven't performed expectations, but also as well, reward for a you know, good campaign in, in Tokyo for
0: those those three or four youngsters. Well, just on this, and Liam, we'll go to you for this. One of the criticisms I had about that uh, game against Saudi Arabia back in November was the fact that the, uh, the Socceroos basically called on an almost entirely European-based squad for that match. We've seen a few more local plays. Do you think that's trying to offset some of the impacts of potential, uh, you know, north to southern hemisphere travel?
2: Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe it's just to try and get more of – try and maybe get a few combinations together because uh, with some of the local lads, trying to get a bit of local um, uh, knowledge amongst them, trying to get some some of that um, – that, uh, um, commonality between them maybe perhaps um to try and figure try and figure out because um i was actually just on just on joel king actually um uh alex brought this up with me the other day was that is that is that now the end of brad smith as well um in in, in the team but you know he hasn't played much football though he had a great he he, he had a great uh season with there with um with seattle last year but i don't know what's what's gone there but 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 to answer your question, before I I think maybe it's just it's just an attempt to to keep that to keep that fresh blood in 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 the squad, bring in some local um some local guys just to keep that competition maybe going and and uh, to keep some and to get some combinations together.
0: that's true, and also I suppose you know when you look at the number of uh, A League men's players in this uh, squad as well, it means that those guys at least can work together you know from essentially Monday morning, whereas you know, when you bring in players from Europe, they might not be arriving until 36 hours before kickoff. Yeah. Um, Scott, mm-hmm. we saw, unfortunately, on Sunday, uh, just how impactful someone like Craig Goodwin can be uh, in a match. Yeah. This time, we'll actually want him to do really well. Do you yeah. feel like he might be in for a fairly sizeable role uh, in this first match?
3: He just might, actually, because he's the sort of player who you look at that the soccerers have been missing. But you, can, you can see the fact they've tried to bring in... A lot of the players did quite well in the Olympics, and it's more I think that we don't have a lot of depth. You try, you talk about the, the replacing nine players, James, from the from the last squad which didn't win a game. So we don't have nine other players to call upon without going to the younger guys. So I can see why they've done that. But with Goodwin, yeah, I think he can have an impact because again, that front third has not been firing. The guy, the guys no. up front like Matt Lecky in the wide areas, it hasn't been working. So. Someone like Craig Goodwin, who, who he's in some very good form, so we mm. should thank the raw for that for playing him into a little bit of form. But <laughs> but it was really good. He played really well. So yeah, I reckon he's going to have a part. I don't know if it'll be in the first game or the second. But I think he's going to have a big part playing at least one of these
2: games. Oh, I'll be I'll, I'll be throwing him. I'll, I'll be starting and I'll be throwing. I'll, I'll be going for the jugular. Put him in just as you know. Let's get a few early goals. Let's put him oh, to bed.
0: Well, oh, Alex. Leah uh, mentioned it before. talking about playing in front of what sounds like it will be a pretty full uh, Amy, P- oh sorry, Melbourne Rectangular Stadium crowd. Uh, <laughs> got to keep both sponsors happy. But you'll yeah. be playing in front of a fairly boisterous crowd. You know, one that you know, might have been watching a certain uh, engaging doubles tandem as well uh, on Thursday. <laughs> it's a crowd that feels like if the Sabrewers get going early and possibly, you know, take a take a lead. That that really could spur them on to a big win, and I know goal difference isn't going to be a huge issue, but surely that's going to be something that the Socceroos are going to be aware of, the benefit of having such a vocal crowd at their back.
1: Yeah, well, you'd hope so, and I think you're right there, James, you know, taking advantage early of Vietnam and trying to strike early, going off the back of what you were saying as well, Liam, starting a bloke like Craig Goodwin, who's in a rich vein of form, and uh, apparently can take a penalty pretty well. Um, <laughs> so, um, look, uh, I, I think, yeah, that uh, that would be the go. And and I do like the fact that we've got a left footer up front as well. Um, something close to my heart being a, a massive Harry Kill fan going up. Um, I do love a left footer forward. So it would be good to see Craig Goodman start, I think. Um, and And he could be key to... Uh, breaking down that Vietnam defence early doors and, and getting that, that boisterous crowd onside and and building the momentum and the atmosphere of the game.
3: Hopefully they do wander well, over from the tennis as well. Didn't do Victor any good last night, the happy Gilmore and Tanaka Kokonakis crowd wandering <laughs> over. But, but it, it, it wasn't a crowd there. So hopefully they do wander over. It'll be a big night in that part of town.
0: Yeah, and... I, I know Liam's got about a 25 minute rant that we will get to on this as well, but <laughs> playing, this ga- playing this game in Melbourne at least, I, I, I can't remember the last time the Soccerers played a match uh, down in Melbourne. It would have probably been in that. It was the Thailand World Cup. I got
4: Phil's Thailand game,
0: yeah. 20, 27. Okay, so their first game in for almost four and a half years. They're Like We saw how loud that Sydney crowd did get at times. That's got to be something that you really have to try and uh, build on, Adam. And did you have your TV up really loud, did you, James? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, oh, trust me, the booing of some of those Saudi Arabian players definitely uh, resonated. But it, but that's uh. like, you keep hearing. You know how good the Melbourne fans are, and this might be a good chance to really get them going from the get go because it, it is something that doesn't always translate to the national team games, does it, Adam?
4: Um, Yeah, and I think the most important thing, to to Alex's point before, is that the the earlier that the the Socceroos can actually score... Um, I think will be the key to this game because I, I do. I think that this this um, the script of that that 2017 game. That that's a very real threat of happening again. The longer the Vietnam can hold out the Socceroos, uh, the more anxious they're going to get. And I think also as well, that's where the crowd going to also play a huge part. If they can sort of you know really get behind the Socceroos and you know encourage them to go forward and attack early. If they can get that opening goal, I think then this this, this game is put to bed pretty early. I think then they'll go on with it. But as the as we Saw you know with the frustration with the Matilda's game over against the Philippines, um, the other night. Um, the longer this game uh stays at nil all, or even if Vietnam somehow managed to sneak a goal the other way, um, yeah, this this will get more and more sort of. I'm not gonna use the word toxic, but I think it's going to get frustration amongst the crowd, and also the players is gonna be more apparent. So, I think the crowd is a big part, you know, getting. Yeah, you know, getting into the game early and really sort of encouraging the Socceroos to go forward and try and take an early lead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And t- so two points before we wrap up the uh, Vietnam discussion. Uh, just quick uh, touching on the standings in Group B. The Socceroos are on 11 points. They're in third place. Japan are at home to China on uh, Match Day 7, while Saudi Arabia are playing Oman as well. Vietnam, we've talked them up for the last 15 or so minutes. They're 0-6 in this group stage. So while they have really, you know, pushed teams to the brink, they uh, held Saudi Arabia and Japan to 1-0 uh, defeats for them uh, in Hanoi. This is, for all intents and purposes, a must-win game against the bottom team in the group, especially knowing that Oman, if they can somehow manage to get a point from Saudi Arabia, they're going to... Uh, and Australia, you know, God forbid, drops a point. They're going to be right on your heels heading into those final three yeah. fixtures. But the final point I want to make, and we'll lead off with you, Liam, is, as we've mentioned as well, Graham Arnold, he's going to be watching all of this uh, via webcast, all the training sessions this week via webcast, because it came out on Sunday. He's tested positive for COVID, and we hope it's nothing too serious, but it sounds like he's, at best, a touch-and-go prospect for uh, the game on Thursday. So how is that going to impact the build-up? It
2: won't. It's no great loss, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That'd be a positive. They would live. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't think it make a difference whether he's there or not. To be honest, I think maybe perhaps some of the coaching staff underneath him might actually do a better job. Um, okay. I I, look, I, I, you know, I'm like Alex. I'm generally, I'm generally not a fan of the guy, um, and um, I think uh, the way that um, he, like, he's, he's, he's match day um, tactics. I think leave a lot to be desired. Is um, and I really don't think that the squad that we that we get together, even though it's probably the best squad that we can get, I just don't think that he knows what he's knows what he's doing. Not a he's not a good term because because clearly he's he's done a hard
0: yes, but I
2: just I don't know. I just he, he's not suited to, he's not suited to the national team. Honestly, I don't I don't think it'll make a difference whether he's whether he's there or not. Um, is you know that's I don't know. I honestly don't and care. I honestly don't know. Scott, I don't think
0: it make well, a difference. When we were discussing this on Sunday at um, Morton Daily Stadium, you actually had an interesting point about Renee Newlandston, who will be the uh, fill in uh, interim manager for this fixture.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of um, positive thoughts around Renee Newlandston, given his ties to Manchester United Australia's first. move. you actually go and look at his managerial record on his own, it's not not too flash. So. I will say that perhaps, well, while I do tend to agree with Liam on Graham Arnold. I will just say the idea that Rennie Millington is some sort of tactical genius that's going to come in and win win 8-0 might be a little bit overstated.
4: <laughs> you even, you and, even dismissed my point about Carlos Queroz. Is he worse than him? Yes, he did worse than Carlos Queroz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and just on that as well, like, you've got to remember that Millington and uh, Tony Vidmar, who were named as the two who will take charge in Arnold's absence, They're both the assistants, so it's not like you're bringing in a completely different uh, setup where you bring in, say, a Marcello Lippi to replace Marcello Bielsa or something. It's not like we're going to be reinventing the wheel ahead of this game. So I don't think it is going to necessarily lead to too much of a tactical overhaul. You just hope that the uh, personnel change is going to be what really makes the difference, Alex.
1: Yeah, you, well, you'd hope it'd be, uh, you know, round pegs and round holes. But, um, look, nothing ceases to uh, surprise with uh, the uh, some of the selections that, that Arnie has put up previously. You, you, you'd think, look, as, as long as Aaron Moy doesn't start on the left, I'll be relatively happy to be with quite honest with six you.
3: six-foot-five guys are going to put up front to lump the ball up to? That's what I want to
1: know. Yeah, where's <laughs> Jesus Kennedy when you need him? <laughs> is any uh,
0: You guys might know, is there anyone in the Melbourne Socceroos fans uh, group that's six-foot-five?
1: No. No.
0: I think they're all <laughs> under six foot, actually, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't
2: think yeah. there's anybody anywhere, anywhere that's uh, six foot
4: five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will say as well, um, Liam, th- this is, I think, the main reason you wanted to come on today. It was a media release that came out yesterday regarding the Socceroos qualify against Japan on March 24th, which will be getting played at Stadium Australia. That's not now, Australia. No, that's, not, to,
2: that's not the only reason, James. I don't mind talking to you. <laughs> uh, look, first, uh, look, first off, I just want to say that um, I think nobody has an issue with Sydney getting a game, with uh, with Melbourne getting a game. LA, Perth, whoever gets a game, good luck to you. Obviously, uh, your government's done enough to get your game. I'm not, I'm not begrudging anybody for getting a game because. It's a it's a great occasion to have the soccer in your in your in your um, in your state in your city, and um, you know they are well attended. You know some people say that they're not, some people say they are. But at the end of the day, it's our national team playing in playing in in your closest city. It's 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 a great occasion. But some cities just don't seem to uh, get their fair share of it, and I think um, when it comes to Brisbane getting its games, um, it's they're very very few and far between. Um, I think uh, Cam Atfield actually brought it up on, on from 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 Brisbane Times. Uh, actually, brought it up yesterday and said it's been seven years since our last World Cup qualifier, and I think it's been six since our last competitive yeah. soccer game. Um, uh, Three thousand five hundred and
0: fifteen days, per scot. Stat. Mm,
2: he's stat stut- man. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been yeah, so last. Last competitive match that we had for the soccer is in Brisbane was was versus China in in, in the Asian Cup. You can't really uh, say that South Korea game that we had, uh, you know, it was a soccer match. You know, so, so what are you whinging about? That was just a friendly, and to me, that was just to appease the crowd. You know, I don't I don't believe that 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 you know that that community that that can be taken out of. Them. I think, look, when it comes to the Queensland government. And it comes to football in general, whether it's the Socceroos, whether it's the NPL, FQPL, uh, Matildas, whatever. Um, there is just no love for our game whatsoever in this state. Um, we just don't see. We've got we've got we've got three stadiums that 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 we can host these games. You know, you've got Brisbane, Gold Coast, and Townsville that are perfectly uh, uh, capable of attracting these type of games. Now. Um, during during the summer, um, when when usually when World, World Cup qualifiers are on in our summer, um, those stadiums aren't being used. Uh, maybe you might have a bit of a crossover, maybe towards the end of the Broncos season or maybe the beginning of the Broncos season, whatever. But um, our government doesn't care for our game; it puts no effort into 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 getting the game, and they should be called out on it. And the only people really that can that can do that is Football Queensland as well. Football Queensland um, should be. Should 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 hang their head in shame with the amount of effort that they seem to be putting into wanting to get games for us as well. Both the, our government and our governing body and our and our state governing body do not do enough to get our our a national team in this in this state. Now, um, it's not just me that's saying this. You can get online and uh, and you can see that there's a lot of sentiment towards that. Um, how we change that. Um, again, is by is by getting vocal. And the only people that will have anything to do with getting into the side of the government will, be, will obviously be a lot of us as fans doing that, which there isn't. There is a core group of people in the state that are very vocal about it, but there's not enough of us to do it. There's not enough of us going to a local state member and going, what about this? What about that? What about our game? What about football? You know, I just, uh, it takes a, a collective effort to do that. And so we need more people to do that. More people to get into the faces of, of our of our state representatives. We need Football Queensland to get into the to to get in the side of, of of Anastasia. Tourism and Events Queensland just don't seem to have anything to do with it as well. It's just it's a mess, and it's just not good enough.
3: Yep. June 12, thousand and twelve, the last time a World Cup qualifier was played here in Queensland. That was the Japan game. I give them no credit for the Asian Cup games then, because that was a tournament. They participated in, so I'm not giving credit for that. So I got to write back to that. No. But I do agree, particularly with the yeah. government. It's with the, with the TEQ thing. It's all about the fact that they want their sponsorship all over the place. They can their logos yes. all the rest yes. of it, and they can't do that in a World Cup qualifier. So they, I think, they have potentially precisely zero interest in bringing in a World Cup qualifier. Until, well, that's their policy, and that's yeah. a policy that continues over from the previous government before this one. So I think it's it's a it's a long term problem, and that's not going to change the the interest in the games will not change, but there's been a collective breakdown between Football Queensland, Brisbane Raw and Football Australia in terms of pushing for football events and infrastructure in this state. There's two major events in the next decade that feature football with the Women's World Cup and the Olympics. And there's zero legacy for the sport here from either one. And there's gonna be potentially great legacies for a lot of other sports which are not in the Olympics and they're certainly not in the women's World Cup. So there's a collective breakdown there. That this should have been the time, if ever there was going to be some football infrastructure, James built. This was going to be when you've got a home World Cup, into an Olympics in this region. You would have thought this would be the time, but it just seems like there was no, certainly not public anyway. There was no discerning move to make that happen, which is quite disappointing.
4: I will say, I will say this: there is yeah. sorry, sorry, James. There is one bit they're hanging on about a legacy, and that's, a, and that's that training complex is down the road from me at South Pine, but. That's not. That's not a legacy. That's something that actually should have been thought yes. of as a way of pushing the game forward. That's that's youth development. That's not a legacy. Yes. A legacy is a stadium. A legacy is something that the general public can know. Hey, football built that because we had a home World Cup or we've got Olympics coming. So even this, so the the, the sympathisers talking about, oh, but you yeah you do have you got this tra- sixteen million dollar training facility yeah uh, at South Pine Sports Complex. That's an, that should be built regardless. That shouldn't need a World Cup or Olympics to be built. That's you, we, I think football deserves and needs something that, you know, the general public, the general, even people who don't follow the game, can say, hey, that is soccer built that because we've got two
0: major world events in the next decade.
4: Yeah.
0: Scott, what was that date again for the Japan World Cup qualifier?
3: June 12,
0: 2012. Right. So just to put this like, on a personal level for me, Since the Socceroos last played a World Cup qualifier in Brisbane, I have started dating my wife. I have, uh, yeah, gone on several overseas trips, gotten engaged, moved to Early Beach, moved back from Early Beach, finished a master's degree at uni. I've gotten (laughs) married. I've bought a house. I've gotten a dog. I've, you know, got a kid on the way. And by the time I hope he finally goes off to primary school in – Four years five years i don't know when do kids whenever kids start school <laughs> right, going. read the book james read the book <laughs> probably never he's probably not going to get to go to a soccer as World cup qualifier in brisbane unless there is a major policy shift and look i'm not going to go down the political voting lines and everything as well because that's you know for other people i just am going to say like that is probably the most disheartening thing of being able to say well We've had one competitive soccer match in Brisbane in that time in the last decade, and that was uh, because and that was done by the AFC. Yeah. So that is the most frustrating
3: thing. Well, there were two in that tournament,
2: but I get your point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's only one I remember. Anyway, but just, just on that, yeah, yeah, you go, Glenn. Oh, I'll I'll, come back I was just going to say,
2: Adam, Adam, I brought up a good uh, point about about Brisbane Roar. Um, Brisbane Raw, uh, as we know, aren't doing very well at the moment, and. I uh, have have also said this online, and that is that if Brisbane Raw are doing poor, then um, poorly in the state, then it poorly represents football in the state. They have they have an obligation as being the number one team uh, that everyone 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 wants to aspire to in the state. They are our top league representative uh, uh, for for the country's national league, and the ambition that they show. I believe rubs off on the greater uh, political sphere, whereas because it's seen as being not important enough, and I think that I think that 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 starts to rub off. If Brisbane rule aren't showing ambition, which they're not, if they if if they're not showing ambition to be to be at the top, then uh, and they're, and they're not doing well. I just think it um it just it plays into the hands
3: of. Now you make a good point, Liam, because again we spoke about this in the first part of the show. But ten years yeah. ago, when they first, the Indians first took over, yeah. their big thing was what do you want to see in ten years? We want to see Brisbane Raw playing in their own stadium. Well, yeah, they had a team which had won three grand finals out of four. They didn't build on that, yeah. and you would have thought this would be the time to push that. Now, you want to you want to do that genuinely? Yeah. This would have been the time to do that. But so anyway.
2: I think so. So so I, so I think even even though we talk about Socceroos and we talk about them coming to Brisbane, I think what it does is it reflects on the greater um on the greater way that that people think about football in the state. It's a it's a it's it's it all just snowballs in in into each other. Either either it's that way from 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 grassroots and up, or it's coming from the top down. I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's just
4: they're equally important, They've, both they're both up. grassroots up and the top coming down. It's yes. it's, e- it's equally weighted as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it yeah, it yeah. has to has to be both sides of the thing. There's no point. There's no point the top the the yeah. top administration down if no one's supporting it. But yeah. also as well, it shouldn't be just left up to the grassroots. That's right. But just
0: on on that as well, and that's where you know the grassroots professional league and the national team need to work in a accessing the different areas of the general public because let's let's be honest like the raw and the grassroots level should be going after the you know so-called football people but you know the national team the socceroos there that's how you really attract the casual once every couple of years fans Mm. and the fans in queensland have not had a chance to really connect with this socceroos team because half the time they're sitting there going where do I watch it now? We all know it's on Channel Ten because we're not idiots. Um, yeah. and we can actually read a TV guide. <laughs> like unlike the you know average casual fan that just goes, "Oh wait, the last five games have been on Channel Ten. Why isn't this one on Channel Nine or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, was it not on Fox Sports? Why is it not on Fox Sports? Why can't I? Yeah. Man?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, but just on that as well, like and this is a theory I've long held, and this isn't a football only thing. Australian fans, Australian sporting fans, are fair weather. They're lightweight. Oh,
2: 100%.
0: Yeah. And And you take a look, like when, you know, Ash Barty's going well in the tennis, everyone loves tennis. Go back 23 years now when the Wallabies were world champions, rugby union was the dominant sport. Yeah. You go back and, you know, when the Socceroos did well in 2006, there was that brief glimmer of hope that this might be something to build upon and, for whatever reason, you know, draw your own conclusion.
4: Oh sorry. I'll i give you one example, James, of how fair weather it comes with football. The Matildas. Yeah. They drew one point seven million or something like that for um I think their game against uh I think it's Great Britain. One point seven they'll celebrating and carrying on that you know, oh it's great, it's all well and good. They drew fifty eight thousand on Friday night. So that just shows on on network television, at the same time slot, obviously as well, you had Ash Barty on, which drew one point two million on TV. Yeah, that just shows how how quickly the fortunes yeah. can change and how fair weather. So yeah, I think that, that's the problem. there's no nothing to keep to clinch that and say, oh, Matilda's wrong, That's must see TV. Obviously, it's not.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that is the and that is just like my whole point where you need. You basically need to try and work together at all levels of football to try and get the whole of the general public because there is only so much you can do from yeah. a national team perspective. Speaking of the national team, we'll quickly uh, wrap this up with the Matildas. There. Another national
3: team uh, who won't be visiting Brisbane in 2022.
0: Yes. Well, actually, <laughs> that was the other point I did just want to make on this uh, scheduling of matches for the Socceroos as well. The AOC's decision to change the uh, playoff setup as well to, what is it, one leg at a neutral venue.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: What... I've got a feeling that Brisbane was going to get the game on March 24 until, well, assuming the <laughs> government actually comes up for it, which... Yeah. When did you um, take up stand-up comedy, James? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brisbane was well, never was getting going... this game. Not a chance. We might get a game later in the year if there's a friendly to be played at home before the World Cup. That's the yeah. only minor chance, yeah. and I'll give that a 1% chance. Sorry, James. But my, gen-
0: but my general point was more a case of, like, I think this game... The Japan game would have been up for bids a bit more, were it not for the fact that this is basically going to be Sydney's only chance to host a meaningful Socceroos game in 2022. Liam, final thoughts? Uh,
2: is this on the on the stadium, or oh, sorry, on the on the um, on the Socceroos team, or on the Japan game? I'm uh, confused. Let's, b- let's go
0: back and wrap up and say, what, what are you expecting from the two Socceroos matches? Because they are playing Oman early next week as well, so. Um, no I'm, I'm, I'm expecting
2: i I'm, like I'm, I'm I'm expecting that we'll just scrape scrape through Vietnam. I still I'm still worried that this is going to be a, a banana skin game. It would not surprise me if if that result didn't go our way. But I'm hoping I'm thinking that we're just going to scrape through with a one nil. I think it's going to be squeaky bum time right until the 95th minute because it'll go into extra time because whatever. Um, and uh, the Oman game, that's that's home or away? Um, is that? It's a home, a away it's, in Muscat. It's away. But I mean, I'm a bit confused because we, <laughs> because we played home games that have been in the Middle East and haven't been in the Middle East. It's just yeah. confusing. So it is a it is an away game. Yeah,
4: yeah. And the yeah, weather yeah. apparently uh, it's going to be cooler in Muscat next Monday. than it's going to be in Melbourne <laughs> on Thursday. So all
2: right. all right. So versus verse Vietnam, I think we will just scrape through one nil. Versus Oman, um, again, I think that I think. Um, I think that'll be another game that is gonna be hard. I think ever since ever since ever since we drew that result against China, um, I think heads are down and the need to be lifted and it's gonna take a bit to get that back up.
0: Alex, what about you? What are we going to be feeling about the soccer is in time next week? Oh,
1: uh, hopefully relief would be nice. But um yeah, look, I I oh, I'm thinking a lot along the same lines as Liam. I think we're gonna we're gonna have two really, really tough matches and um we're going to have to call on some uh some some miracles probably maybe miracles is a bit bit harsh but um you know uh let's see uh hopefully a, I, I think it might be a bit of a goal fest uh, down in melbourne i'm thinking it might be 3-2 to the Socceroos. you reckon um yeah, i'm i'm probably being you know well it's still only go, one let's goal. go
2: bold let's go it's bold. only one goal win though isn't it
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: um, and uh,
1: Oman. Uh, look, if we if we scrape a win there, that would be amazing. But I think I have a feeling it's going to be a draw. Scott.
3: Yeah, a nervy two nil in Melbourne, with both goals coming very late on. As we get more and more annoyed with them, and I'm a bit like the other <laughs> boys. I think it's going to be a, a score draw in the in the Middle East. I just, I'm. I've been a bit negative on this show, James, just today, but
4: I
2: just
3: think I just don't think that I just can't see soccer as winning both of these games.
2: We're not showing enough. We haven't shown enough since uh since since the Saudi Arabia game. We haven't shown enough. We haven't got enough going forward. I I genuinely don't think that I genuinely don't think that we're gonna qualify for the World Cup.
4: Adam? I, I think four out of six. I think uh, yeah. I think we'll get the win eventually without with plenty of crosswords at the TV on uh, Thursday night. Um, and then I think a draw. I think a one-all draw in Oman, which will basically set up basically must win, nothing else but but a win at Stadium Australia against Japan. I think that's that's where that's why I fear fear the script is headed. And yeah, I think get ready for yeah, potentially having to run the gauntlet.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, the only thing working uh, in the soccer's favour on Match Day 8 is the fact that Japan is also playing Saudi Arabia, so there's going to be at least two drop points uh, in that match. But we do this so,
2: every, every time. Just, it'd be nice to get to a World Cup qualifier. We just top the group. You know, it'd be nice. Just let's, let's just walk well, we the did that, was a pin for bake the last yeah. time Australia Pim finished so like top, to top of the group? Uh, it just be nice just to walk, walk through the World Cup. Just lovely,
3: you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> can't we can't do it easy? It's so crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And uh, final quick question: quick yes or no for Liam and Alex? Uh, Matildas win the Asian Cup? Yes or no? Liam? Uh,
1: no. Japan. I'm good. Oh, I'm going to say yes.
0: I, I I was a lot I was a lot
1: more heartened by the uh, second half performance by the Philippines.
0: There we go. All right. Well, that is going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review, but. Alex, how can people get in touch with the Queensland Socceroos fans before we upcoming
1: going. games? Uh, oh, here we go. I, I, I was <laughs> gonna throw it to, I was hoping you'd throw this one to Liam. <laughs> That's why
0: I throw it to you. That's uh, a nervous looking,
1: God right? damn it! Ah, uh, geez. Yeah, now I
2: remember it. No, it's. Uh, uh, I can hand it over to
1: Liam if you want.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, look,
1: look yeah.
2: Let's, 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 let's <laughs> just do it. Just, just, just before we do, thank you for having us on. Um, but I think, second of all, just a big shout out to. Australia Active crew. Um, they, uh, We try and get the same, we try and, and and promote Australian Active support to all the games that we go. We're trying to get chance, similar chance that, that we all know and that, and that we can all get behind. And it's just really, really hard work to try and keep the same core, core, core people group of, of people together to go to each game and try and get that Active support going, because that's what we need as a crowd. We're all individual when it comes to our clubs, we've all got our own chance, et cetera. But when it comes to the national team, we, we really struggle to come together and and provide the act of support apart from waving a few flags. We just need to, it's something that we need to work on, you know. So, but to get in contact with us, I go off on a tangent, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. it, yeah. Right. Um, the uh, Facebook is um, Queensland Socceroos Fans and the, the the Twitter is Queensland Socceroos.
0: There we go. Yeah. All right, well, well said. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on board, Liam.
2: Thank you for having me. Haven't been on for a while. Thanks, thanks for having me.
0: Glad to have you back. Same as you, Alex.
1: Uh, thanks, gents. Uh, appreciate
2: it.
0: And thank you, Scott.
3: Hopefully, we got a win to talk about next week, James. I really
0: hope. Well, just one. Well, we'll have the Matildas anyway. Adam, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Plenty of football coming up. Yes. Exactly, there is plenty of football. Uh, you know, tune into the Socceroos. Uh, two World Cup qualifiers coming up. Get out to Morton Daly Stadium up in Adams, part of the woods, if you can, this yeah. Saturday, and just enjoy whatever football is coming your way this weekend. It's been the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back to recap it, or later.